Do you believe in ghosts? Ghost stories can be about any unknown occurrence where the person experiencing it really can't find an alternative explanation. From tales of haunted houses to that of unexplained encounters from the past, tonight we'll be counting down five of the most popular stories from the podcast. First, we revisit a tale of a seemingly innocent encounter with a creepy mascot as a child. Number five on this list is episode one from season two. This is Where the Children Play. Parks are meant to be a place where children can run around, have fun and be themselves, but for me, they were a nightmare. Now don't get me wrong, I enjoyed going to the park at first, but after a while it became the root of all my fears. I was six when I first started going to the park. My mum would be sitting on the bench reading a book while me and my brother went and played. It was all good fun and it got even better when Mr Piggleton came along. Mr Piggleton was just a man in a pig costume. Most of the children found him a bit odd but none of the parents seemed to mind him being there. I didn't mind him being there either. We would gather around Mr Piggleton holding hands and singing songs. We would sing songs like Mary Had a Little Lamb, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and so on. But before we'd break up from our little circle we'd sing a song that Mr Piggleton wrote. He'd call it our theme song. The chorus of the song went something like this. It's where the children play together and be best friends forever. Hide and I'll try to find you. We really love each other. Nothing could be better than spending forever with you. After we'd sing the song, we'd play hide and seek. Mr. Piggleton would always be the seeker and the children would hide. It was always an innocent game we would play until something happened one day. I was hiding behind some bushes when I saw Mr. Piggleton creep past me. He looked at me and put his fingers to his lips and made a shh sound before creeping up on Evan who was hiding behind a tree. I found you Evan, he said in a high pitched voice. He picked Evan up and he walked into the nearby woods. They disappeared off into the distance and Evan was never seen again. I told my brother about what happened but he didn't believe me. I really wanted to tell my mother but I was afraid to. When Mr. Piggleton told me to stay quiet, I had a fee and he was referring to the fact that he was going to take Evan. I was scared they would get me next if I said anything about it to my mother. The entire town got together to search for Evan but had no luck of finding him. My brother and I were kept from the playground for a while, but my mother eventually brought us back. I didn't want to go back. I dreaded the thought of it, but my brother wanted to so I had no choice to go. The first day that we were back on the playground there was no sign of Mr. Piggleton. I figured maybe the police found him, it was him and arrested him. That was until Mr. Piggleton showed up at the park one day. I was horrified as I saw him creep out of the woods, looking left and right to see if any parents had noticed him. Our parents didn't mind him being there, I guess they just figured he was an employee of the park who was paid to entertain us children. All the kids asked Mr. Piggleton what happened to Evan. He replied, well, boys and girls, when we were playing hide and seek, I found Evan, which means he gets to play with me forever. They all cheered as if that was a good thing, including my little brother. 
He told them that they couldn't tell anybody else and it had to be our little secret. I stayed away from Mr. Pigerton and the other children and just sat alone on the other side of the playground as they held hands in a circle singing their songs. The entire time they danced and sang, Mr. Pigerton would just stare right at me. At one point he put his finger to his mouth and he'd whispered, Shh. The very thought of Mr. Pigerton gave me nightmares. I'd even be afraid to sleep at night in fear that I'd have a nightmare about him, but at the same time I was afraid of staying awake in fear they'd show up in my bedroom. My first nightmare occurred a week after Mr. Pigerton kidnapped Evan. I was in my bed trying to get to sleep when I heard the sound of a whistling echo from my room. It was coming from my bed and whoever it was was whistling to the tune of his creepy theme song. I sat in my bed riddled with fear as the whistling continued. I peeked underneath and saw nothing but darkness, but as I sat back in my bed, Mr. Pigerton was standing there in front of me. I woke up instantly screaming for my mother who ran in to console me. None of the nightmares I had disturbed me as much as the time I dreamt I was at the park. It was dark and quiet. The only thing I could hear was the faint sound of children singing in the distance. It sounded like nursery rhymes but I couldn't be 100% sure. Mr. Pilberton was dancing over by the swings before he stopped and stared at me. His eyes were pitch black. He just slowly walked up to me and said, Hello boy, would you like to play hide and seek? I shook my head to say no, but I knew it didn't matter if I wanted to play or not. I'm going to count to ten, boy, he said. Now hide. He skipped off and began counting. I could hear his voice just echoing as he counted. One, two, I was sitting still. Three, four, my heart was pounding in my chest. Five, six, I stood up and I just ran off. Seven, Eight, I hid behind a tree. Nine, ten, ready or not, here I come. Despite the fact it was clearly a nightmare, it all felt so real. I was standing with my back against a tree, my eyes firmly closed. I tried to open them, but just couldn't out of fear. As I stood, I could hear someone close, approaching slowly. With each step, the sound of heavy breathing grew louder and louder. Slowly, I opened my eyes. found you. Mr. Pilgerton was standing feet away from me. I wanted to run but was frozen to the spot. Pilgerton extended his arms and swiped at me. I woke with style back in my room. My mum continued to take my brother and I back to the park. No matter how many times I cried and shouted I never wanted to go back there, I always found myself back at that playground. One day I was sitting alone on the seesaw when Mr. Pilgerton came up to me. Hello boy, would you like to play hide and seek? I shook my head no and I ran to my mother. I looked back at Mr. Pigerton and he had his fingers to his lips whispering, Shh. As the years went on, my brother and I got older. We stopped going to the park and we both eventually forgot about Mr. Pigerton and the nightmares became non-existent. It wasn't until I started taking my four-year-old daughter to our local playground that I remembered. I decided to ask my brother about Mr. Pigerton, quite embarrassed actually to bring it up. I asked if he remembered him, but apparently he had no memory of him whatsoever. He was only four back then and this was 20 years or so ago, so it's understandable why he didn't remember. When my mother came over to visit for Christmas, I asked if she had any memories of Mr. Pigerton. It took her a little while to uh, draw the memory from the back of her mind. Oh yeah, your little friend from the playground, she said. What about him? I haven't heard of him since you were eight. I just wanted to know if you remember what he looked like, I said. She looked at me, obviously confused. She then said something that made me wince. I don't know, none of us parents ever saw him. 
What do you mean, I asked her. I guess we figured you children had an imaginary friend together. We thought it was actually quite cute how you all hold hands in a circle and pretend that Mr. Piggleton was there. You kids had quite the imagination. Was that story any more than the recollection of a child's wild imagination? If so, how does that explain the friend that went missing? Maybe his family simply moved away, but maybe there's more sinister forces at play. We may never know. Our next story, also told by resident storyteller Greg Whitehead, is an account of a businessman's experience in an unusual hotel in America. Number four on the list is episode three from season one. This is Red Water. A few years ago, I was on a business trip to the States, and it involved driving from Denver to LA. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that, it's a long drive. Uh, I was getting pretty tired, so I decided to stop at a Holiday Inn hotel that I'd come across. I walked up to the front desk, rung the bell, and a man came out from the back room. He greeted me, and he said his name was John Shelby. I told him I was looking for a room, so he searched his computer to see if he had one available. Fortunately for me, there was one room left. Shelby gave me the key and uh, told me to have a nice night. On my way out of the lobby, I asked him to point me towards a vending machine as I was pretty hungry and needed a snack. On my way to the vending machine, I noticed a pool at the end of the hall. A lot of hotels have pools, so there's nothing strange about that. What I did find odd though was that the water was red. I went back to the front desk and Shelby was still standing around. What's up with the pool? I asked him. He looked pretty confused and asked me what I meant, so I explained that the water looked red. He took off his glasses, took a deep breath and looked me dead in the eye and said, It's kind of a freaky story. Uh, a number of years ago, a woman was found brutally murdered in that pool and the water was contaminated with her blood. I was like, what the hell? So you're telling me that the pool hasn't been cleaned since? No, no, of course not, he said. The water was removed and the pool was closed down, but... Many people think they see the pool filled with red water. He said he had never seen it, but sometimes the hotel likes to play tricks with your mind. I asked him if this meant the hotel was haunted, and he nodded his head to see yes. I was shocked. Not really scared, but just surprised, because I never had an experience like this before, and was never really a believer in ghosts. I went up to my room, took a shower and went to bed. I couldn't sleep for some reason, I was too curious and had so many questions that I wanted answered. I got out of bed, put on a shirt and I walked down to the hallway. 
It was quiet out in the halls. I guess no one else had trouble sleeping. I was laughing at myself when I realised I was in my underwear, so it was a pretty good thing there was nobody out in the halls at the time. I did think that I saw a woman go from one room to the other, but I didn't think anything of it at the time. I just figured it was another guest. When I reached the floor of the pool, I was able to see the blood red water even from way down the hall. I passed the front desk and nobody was there. I stopped directly in front of the door that led to the pool. I tried the door but it was locked. I don't think I would have gone through even if it wasn't. I looked through the large window and it looked as if the pool had been closed for a long time. As I looked behind me down the hall, I could imagine the scene from The Shining, you know when the stream of blood comes shooting out the elevator. As I turned back to the pool, I saw a woman standing at the edge and looking as if she was about to jump in. She was completely nude, not a single piece of clothing on. When she looked my way, I jumped back. I walked back to my room as fast as I could, taking the stairs next to the vending machine instead of the lift. Hours later, I woke up to my alarm going off. I had a shower, threw on some clothes, and I walked down to the first floor for breakfast. I was the only person there, which seemed unusual, and Shelby told me that I had the last available room when booking the night before. I went back to the front desk where a woman was now working and asked if John was still on shift and available. She gave me this confused look and said, what? Almost as if she was annoyed at me. John Shelby, I repeated. He was working last night. With a look of shock, the woman said, is this some kind of sick joke? John Shelby died back in 1982. He killed himself after murdering a woman in the hotel pool. Was the woman trying to send a message to an unsuspecting hotel guest? Or was this nothing more than a creative piece of fiction? That's for you to decide. Next up is the story of an evening at the most unusual of Christmas parties. Number three on our list is episode six from season three. This is The Party. A few years ago, just before Christmas, I'd started at this new job. They'd invited me to the Christmas party, which I was excited to go to, but I was also a bit nervous because I didn't really know anyone there yet. When I arrived, the first thing I noticed was the music. It wasn't like your usual DJ kind of club mixes, but it wasn't like Christmas classics either, you know, like Slade. It was this sped up version of Jingle Bells, and it was deafening. Then there were these lights. They were, they were the Christmas tree lights, but they weren't warm and inviting. They felt kind of cold and eerie, like if you looked carefully, you might realise there were actually eyes in the dark. As I walked up the stairs to the club, I had a bit of a creepy feeling in my stomach, like I was headed somewhere dangerous. The lights in the stairwell were flickering, and it was like, you know, in a horror movie, and you'd be shouting at the screen, turn around, leave while you can. I opened the doors and I could see a really busy dance floor. 
I made my way through trying to find the bar, trying to find my colleagues, but I didn't really recognise anyone. I didn't know many people at work, you know, as I, as I said, but I, I did know some of their faces and I started to worry that I was at the wrong party. I would look really stupid and what an awful first impression. That's when I saw them. The first one I saw was my grandmother. She's been dead about 12 years and I don't really remember her that well. Then there was this old family friend and then a school friend of mine who was killed in an accident. I turned around to take in the rest of the room and the crowd, but I felt dizzy and confused and I started to panic. What was going on? Was I seeing things? I found the toilets and I shut myself in. I couldn't comprehend what was happening and I felt like I was going crazy. I imagine that as you listen to this, you're probably thinking, Jesus, get it together. Especially later on, you'll probably think I'm a crybaby, but seriously, think about this. How would you react if everything you knew was torn apart? I wouldn't consider myself a particularly anxious person, but I was a wreck at this point, and you would be too. I decided I needed to leave. Everything had been fine until I got here. Everything was normal. I'd obviously gone to the wrong place and I just needed to find a member of staff to ask and I'm sure they'd point me in the right direction. I went to go back the way I came but I couldn't see the door. Just a booth. Maybe it had been one of those doors that blends into the wall. I went to go back the way I came but I couldn't see the door. Just a booth. I looked around. Maybe it had one of those doors that blends into the wall. There was a bar. Um, I went to once that had a revolving uh, bar area and I'd been queuing for ages and when I finally got to get my drink and went to walk back to my table I was on the other side of the venue without a clue how it happened. That had been pretty funny but this wasn't. So I started to list all the things that you'd do to test if you were in a dream. I read the back of a bottle, um, I stared at myself in the mirror taking in all the details in the room, I pinched myself. I ran the tap and splashed my face with cold water. It all seemed real to me and that made it much worse. I'd seen an advent candle burning out by the Christmas tree. You know the ones that they list all the days in December up until Christmas and you burn them down each day. So I went back out there and I dipped my finger into the red wax and it burned against my fingernail for a second and then it became a hard shell. So this was obviously very, very real. Thank God I finally saw my friends. There's uh, three, three women I work with in my department. So I just ran towards them shouting, Catherine, Evie, Tara. But they were glassy-eyed just like all the rest. They were just staring, just standing there. I couldn't get through to them and I was trying to avoid all the other people. So I was running around groups and kind of sticking close to the walls. Catherine, I shouted and I waved. But just as I got close to them, suddenly an alarm sounded and everyone turned. They stopped and then suddenly ran in my direction to the door. This great horde of people and this deafening siren. I was overwhelmed. I was panicking and I thought I was going to get stampeded. I crouched down with my fingers over my ears and my eyes squeezed shut. I could feel my chest heaving with sobs, but I couldn't hear over the sound of the alarm, the crashing, the running. I kept my hands tight over my head and my facial muscles were starting to hurt from the strain of closing my eyes and I thought I was going to pass out. And then, when I opened my eyes, they took a few seconds to focus. 
The light was bright and I was confused. Things blurred back together and I could see a chair, a whiteboard and a fan. And I looked down and I was in bed and I was in a hospital gown. How did I get here? There was a remote control by my bed and I saw a button that said call, so I pressed it. A nurse came in, she was all smiles, and she said, wakey wakey, you've woken up then. It's a bit unnecessarily perky given that I didn't have a clue what was going on. When I went to speak, my voice rasped. I cleared my throat and swallowed. The nurse said, oh, I wouldn't worry about talking just yet, dear. It always takes a while for the voice to come back after a coma. Coma, I thought. My eyes must have widened in shock and I managed to scrape a what out of my mouth. And she said, oh yes, dear. Honestly, this woman was starting to get on my nerves. Who is this laid back about something so shocking? You've been in a coma for a couple of weeks now. We're in a new year and I'm afraid you've missed Santa. A few weeks. Was she serious? How could this have happened? It was a week before Christmas last time I checked. This is weird. She twittered on for a while about God knows what while I was trying to figure out in my head what was happening. Did I cross a time portal? Did I die? Where have I been? My family arrived shortly after. They were all excited, tearful, hugging. They gave me a newspaper. It said on the 19th of December, a car had overturned on a dangerous junction after a collision with a lorry. Three passengers had died and one was in a serious condition in hospital. That was me. I had driven with my friends. I don't remember that. I only remember arriving at the party. My family said I never made it there. My friends were gone. My stomach turned and I said I'm, I'm going to be sick. I was hyperventilating. How did this happen? I kept saying we went to the party. We went there. We need to get them out. My family tried to reassure me and they hit the button for the nurse. She said she said she was going to give me a sedative. She sent my family home saying this was all too much. I need some rest. I didn't want to sleep. I asked her not to make me sleep. I didn't want to go back to that party. I had a dreamless sleep and I woke up sometime in the night and the memories from that day just came flooding back to me. My finger was itching where they had one of those monitors, you know, the ones that clip over. I pulled it off, but I could see under my finger now there was something red and flaky. Something that looked remarkably like candle wax. Was it an out-of-body experience, or maybe a visit to the other side? Maybe, just maybe. It was all an elaborate dream, as a result of being in a coma. But how does it explain the red wax on our nail? Next, we hear the realization of every parent's worst fear, hearing someone or something unknown on your child's baby monitor. Told again by resident storyteller Lucy Socks, number two on the list is episode two from season one, 
This is Grandpa. foster homes since as early as I can remember. I was taken by social services at a young age and was regularly moved around as my mother had died and my father was sent to prison. To this day I wonder if the two were connected, although as I know he was also killed while inside I may never learn the truth, although to be honest I'm not sure I'd want to know. I've been on my own for about as long as I can remember, so when I found out I was pregnant I wasn't that sure I could manage as the father jumped ship. Um, I didn't think the care system needed another unwanted child, so here we are now, we're just getting by on our own. I still use a baby monitor to keep an ear out for him. It's just me looking after him and I'm trying to encourage him to stay in his own room at night. So this one morning, I can hear him giggling loudly and chatting away to himself in his bedroom. I looked at the clock and it was quarter to five in the morning. It's pretty unusual for him to be up at this time and I was tired and I wanted another hour's sleep. But I got up and I made my way across the landing and went to his room. And I said, Jacob, it's not quite morning yet. Can you try and sleep a little longer? He looked over to the other side of the room and said, it's grandpa. So I've said, no, Jake, it's time to sleep. I laid him down in his cot, tucked his blanket round him, and I went back to my room. But I struggled to sleep. I was thinking, where has Grandpa suddenly come from? Could he just be repeating something he's heard on TV? He had no reason to know any terminology for grandparents. He's never had any of his own, and he hadn't started nursery at that point, so he didn't have any friends who would talk about their families. Things became a little bit more unsettling after this. Jacob wasn't phased, but I did my best to hide from him how I felt, because this could just be his imagination and I didn't want him to think he was upsetting Mummy. We had a few more mornings like this, being woken up by visits from this grandpa, and then about a week later I had a weird experience. We were getting settled for bed one evening. Jacob just had his bath and was choosing his bedtime story. I got up to close the curtains, but just as I pulled them shut, I saw the reflection of a man standing behind me. I quickly turned around, but there was no one there. I know I saw it, just for a split second, and I saw his face. Jacob was holding his book out to me though, so I gave nothing away, we just read the story together, and then nothing else happened, there was no more reflections, no uneasy feelings, it was nothing. So the morning visits turned into a pretty regular thing. Jake would wake up early and he'd play with this imaginary person he calls Grandpa. I tried asking a few times about this figure. I said, who are you playing with Jake? He'd say, just Grandpa. And I'd say, what does Grandpa look like? And he said, a man. And then he laughed at me like it was this big funny joke. One evening I said, it's bath time now, Jacob. Grandpa says playtime's over. But Jacob looked away from me, and then he turned back and he said very seriously, No, he doesn't. He says you're lying. So one night, I woke to the sound of Jake singing a nursery rhyme, and it was around two in the morning. So as I'm walking through to his bedroom door, I say, Jake, go back to sleep. It's late. But he was already fast asleep. So I went back to my room. And then an hour or so later, I heard this singing again. 
again I went in and he was asleep when I went in the room. And this really creeped me out to be honest so I decided to pick him up and bring him into my room to sleep for the rest of the night. I went back to my room and I could hear this really faint child's laugh on the baby monitor. So I just turned it off and I ignored it. But the weirdest thing that happened was a few mornings later. So as per usual, I hear Jacob babbling and singing to himself and I lay in bed for a little while just trying to summon up the energy to get up as it had been a pretty restless sleep the night before. As I was listening to him, he paused for a moment and then I heard a man's voice, just a whisper. Let's get mummy up, shall we? Was the voice a message from the grave speaking to the young child? Or was this nothing more than a story dreamt up to creep out our listeners? Our final and most popular story is the one that started it all. It's not only important as the first we ever broadcast, but is also about the very house this podcast is produced in. So to round up our top five, number one on our list is episode one from season one. This is The House. Sitting in the house alone was always a bit weird because you could always hear noises and it never felt like you were on your own. There were often times where you'd be sitting in the lounge and you'd look out of the corner of your eye and you'd see what appeared to be like a small child that would sort of come into the room and come out of the room. And at that time, I had a a son that was about five, six years old, so I used to just often think it was him. But when you turn around, he wouldn't be there anymore. There was one time that um, myself and my oldest son were standing in the entrance of the house and there was stairs that went straight up to the top, to the next floor. And we both looked up the stairs and, and said, come on, Matthew, we need to leave now. We were getting really irritated because all we could think of was we need to leave and he just won't hurry up. So we're like, come on, we need to leave. And then somebody in the front room said, who are you talking to? We both said, well, Matthew's at the top of the stairs. And they said, Matthew's not even here, he's at his friend's house. And that was quite a strange a strange occurrence because we both clearly saw him standing at the top of the stairs. There were often times that we we all would see a different character in the house. And we called him Angry Man. And the reason we called him Angry Man was because he he just appeared to be quite aggressive and angry all the time. And it did, he had no, there's sort of no rhyme or reason as to when he would appear. There were often times I would wake up in the night and look up and think that somebody was standing over the bed and it would be, it would always be him. There was also occurrences, lots of occurrences in the upstairs hallway 
where I had my son's girlfriend staying over and she woke up one night and she looked out into the hallway and she saw him sitting at the top of the stairs and she said he just looked at me and he looked really really angry and then he just disappeared and then there were other times where um, the children would say that, that he'd walked in the room or they could see him or see him behind their shoulder but it was mainly upstairs in the hallway that most people would see him. There was one particular story about the angry man that sort of got to me and it was because my son was at home one evening and he had his girlfriend over and he was about 16, 17 years old at the time and he was up quite late in the night and he was downstairs in the kitchen and he was chatting to his girlfriend and then what he said is he just heard this man come running down the stairs and came up right behind him and put his head around his shoulder. It got a bit concerning to me because obviously it's the first time he'd sort of been that close up to people and appeared to be that aggressive. thought that we needed to get some help into the house to have a look around you know get some paranormal investigators in was one evening I woke to this bright light in the hallway so I opened my door and I shouted down the hallway to my son to stop playing around that I wanted him to turn off his light because at Christmas he'd got some um, Doctor Who supersonic screwdrivers which which lit up and I just assumed that that's sort of what he was doing is playing with these screwdrivers so I shouted the light went out and went back to bed I'd fallen asleep, woke back up again to this light in the hallway, but this time it just stayed there. I went out of my room, I started shutting down the hallway, that's it, turn off that light. But the light stayed on for quite some time, and then all of a sudden the light went off, so I went back to bed. Well, the following morning I got up and I was, you know, I saw my son and I said, you know, you can't do that in the night because you're going to wake up everybody in the house. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, the bright light you were shining through the hallway. And he said, I wasn't shining a light and I said don't lie to me you had those sonic screwdrivers out so in the evening when it got dark we went up to his room and we took both the sonic screwdrivers out and we pressed the button on them to see what would happen and neither one of them made enough light to even light up to the door of his room let alone the bright light that I'd seen I knew at that point in time that after all the activity in the house that it would be time to finally get somebody in to have a look around and see what was going on so after living a number of years in the house and having had the experiences that we've had, I decided that I would try to find some local paranormal investigators to just have a look around and see if they could find out what was going on. We contacted somebody locally that we'd found. They came out to the house, there was a team of three of them, and they discussed, you know, sort of a little bit of what, about what the house was, you know, was going on in the house, that sort of thing. Welcome to a house in Northamptonshire where there's been some strange goings on and we've been called in to investigate. I've got the house owner with me now. Now, I understand you've had a few strange occurrences. Could you tell me what some of those are? We've had a lot of uh, banging and um, we've seen a couple of shadows as well. Okay, which are the main rooms where that's been going on? Um, the main place where that happens is across the top landing. Uh, the top end, two bedrooms. Okay, I've, I've taken one or two base EMF readings while we've been going around. And some of them are a little bit higher than normal. Um, a normal reading be anywhere between 0 and 1 and some of the readings towards that side of the house are, are 2 and higher. 
you get natural spikes when you go near anything electrical. Yeah. And you can hear that's on a high setting. Just put it on a lower setting, then you'll, it's obviously a lot more. Yeah. Sensitive. Now, I understand you've seen had something seen in a hallway here. Could you explain yeah. what they are? Um, we've had uh, a shadow uh, round here um, of what would appear to be uh, a young child. It's like the meter's just going crazy for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we decided we were going to just have a little walk around the house of the NEMF reader, I believe it's called. There appeared to be a lot of activity on the EMF readers, particularly upstairs in the hallway that we'd had a lot of experiences with and also in the children's bedroom. Basically with an EVP, what we're doing is we're leaving an electronic voice recorder yep. and that is now recording all the while and I'm going to place that yep. on there and we can call out and ask a few questions. Is there anybody there? Who are you? What's your name? And that would probably be best if it come from yourself because yep. you're here all the time. So okay. if you want to just call out a few things for us. If there's anybody here, could you just step forward and let us know? that you're around. We've brought people in who can speak to you. Can you give us your name, please? Okay. It's answering you. I must admit, I am getting a very, very eerie feeling, very... Not comfortable. Don't like being up here on my own to be fair, you know, it is. Which is not like me. Can you come forward and just tell me why you're here? Come forward, you, can you can you knock on the wall or something for that? Just show me you're here. Can you make a noise? Earlier on you made me go cold, can you do that? Can you come near me and make me go cold again? If you want me to go you have to make a noise, and I'll leave. We have to have a bigger noise than that. Oh, fuck, that'll do. Oh, I'm shitting They walked around the house, had a look around, and then we decided that they were going to do sort of like a vigil or a, a seance of sorts. And we sat together, all of us, in the bedroom that had the most activity. And what they came up with, a father, a son, and a nanny. And they said that what had happened was the mother had died in childbirth with uh, having the son, which then uh, made it clear that the father would have to have a nanny in the house. So the nanny was there taking care of the child. The father was quite an angry fella. And so we assumed that that was probably angry man. And uh, the young lad apparently had died in a well so he died at a, you know, at a young age. So that would again explain this little fellow that was sort of running around the house. And then the nanny would have been sort of the one that was in the children's bedroom and, and uh, maybe taking care of them and waking them up in the evening. So what they did is they sort of did a, what they would call a clearance and they asked for the people to leave. And strangely enough, that night after they'd gone, we went to bed and there was absolutely not one noise in that house and it was the first time and I believe it was about seven or eight years that I'd lived there that there was nothing, just absolute silence. And since then there's been no activity in the house.
So that's it, a roundup of our top five most listened to episodes of the past year. Did your favorite make it onto the list? If not, be sure to visit us on Facebook and let us know which one it is. If you enjoy the pod and don't want to get haunted by ghosts, be sure to fend them off by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by encouraging your friends to subscribe. Keep an eye out for season four coming around Halloween 2017. And don't stop asking, do you believe in ghosts?